Welcome to the Church of Babies radio show. It's Friday night, 7-11 p.m. Central, and we got Wham here representing. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. And me, we were on vacation for a few weeks, and it was supposed to be a vacation, but it was more like the plague is what it was. Flu, COVID outbreaks in the household. When we we don't, we it's the first time the COVID thing has ever come here. But uh, it definitely sucked. But I'm feeling a little better. Still some weird, you know, weakness and weird crap and coughing. But I never tested positive for it. But I don't know if I had it. I don't know. But I might have. But and it just didn't read it. Someone told me that new version don't come up on test or whatever but my brother yeah, mom yeah, the, the newest version um there's uh, several um over over the counter tests that don't test it that so it doesn't pick it up that's doesn't interesting pick it up. that's interesting for sure well tonight's guest was uh bruce hallenbach but he had a situation hoping to reschedule him he's from small town monsters uh kinderfield creature and some hammer horror so i'm definitely going to be you know bugging him to get him back because i, I want to talk about that stuff i definitely want to talk about hammer horror anytime i don't think that's anything we have talked about a lot on here or maybe once in a while uh-huh. just, or just bring it up a little i have all that stuff a lot of it so i i i like it i've always i have it on dvd all the little weird sets and stuff of those uh so i want to talk about that but hopefully we'll get him get him back on and uh Byron Lacey uh, filled in tonight for us. The return of Byron Lacey. Uh, it's great to have you here. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing okay, sort of. Doing a little better. It's a full moon. I just heard a lot of coyotes outside. It was creepy. Creepy. Like, oh, they're, wow. close. they're close. I guess not like about 20 of them <laughs> out in the field behind the yard. Me and my brother started howling and... Uh, I was like, Bigfoot eat coyote. So they stopped. And hopefully they don't come eat our pig and dogs and stuff. They're inside mm-hmm. now. So but it was creepy. But uh, we met uh, Byron through uh, someone we both knew. Uh, well, still know. Uh, Lucky Cat. And I think it was with a, a K. Wasn't it? I can't remember. Lucky K-A-T. And that's the only way I, I knew her name from Facebook. And I didn't know her. Well, but we had talked about the show and she brought you up and recommended you. And then at one point, I went to her Facebook and she passed away and she was young. So it was kind of, I don't know what happened, but I just saw people, you know, talking about her picture or whatever that she had passed away. And I don't even, I couldn't find her Facebook anymore. It's not, I guess they got rid of it. But she recommended you and, you know, uh, I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for that. So props to her. Hope she's still representing in the afterlife somewhere raising cane but i uh, just want to you know bring that up that that little memorial uh but it's great to have you here and uh definitely uh i know you've had alien experiences and me and wham have as well and you have you have a book what is your book called and it's on amazon right right it's called chosen chronicles of an alien abductee i have an audio i have a visual aid nice were you on coast to coast once weren't you or were you no, on coast to, oh never, you weren't me neither well what are some of the ones you've been on i've never been on coast to coast i don't think they like me but <laughs> but go ahead what are some of the ones you've been on i know you've been on quite i really a few. don't remember 
I, I really don't remember and I don't have a list. Yeah. So Once I do something, I sort of leave it in the past. It's on the internet. And if yeah. people Google my name, they'll find a lot of stuff. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, well, if you could, <clears throat> what was the catalyst of your experiences? When did this first start? What could you give us a, you know, a little background for everybody? The first thing that ever happened was in 1956. And uh, my mother would put me to bed every night. I was six years old and we had just moved to Seagullville, Texas. And my father was working at the prison there. They, she would tuck me in and leave the room and I would go to sleep. Well, this one night she tucked me in and left the room and I turned around to go to sleep. And there were three little men standing at the foot of the bed and they were on the side, but at the foot. And I yelled for mom to come in because that looked so weird. I didn't know what they would be doing in my room. And I watched the door for her to come in. She did. And they were gone. Well, she just tucked me in again and told me I needed to go to sleep. And she left. She didn't say anything about them. She didn't say it was a dream. Nothing. The next night, the same thing happened. And then the third night that happened. And she sat down and she said, Son, if they come in here anymore, I don't want you to call me in here because when I get here, they're going to be gone. You're just going to have to learn to deal with them yourself. And then she tucked me in and she left. Except this time, I turned around and they were back. And there was also what looked like Captain Hook from uh, Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Or from what? Yeah. Standing yeah, yeah. over in the corner corner of the room he had a big pirate hat on he had a sort of a vest and he was dancing around a little bit and all of a sudden I couldn't move and the bed seemed to be spinning slowly in the room and the room got larger and uh, I was getting ready to flip out when everything was gone the room was back to normal it was standing still where it was supposed to, and they were gone. Well, I uh, put my head under the covers, put a pillow over my head, and went to sleep. And I figured if they came back, I just didn't want to see them anymore. That was the first experience. What What did that? What was their appearance like? They looked pretty much like common grays, the little guys, except one of them, his facial features kept changing. And at some point, he looked sort of like a rag doll, like a giant rag doll, only he was only about three or four feet tall. And I think he was trying to project some kind of image into my mind, but he was failing. And uh, the bigger alien, I figure, was a mantis creature. And that his big hat was actually his head. And I was seeing this image of a, a character from a book that I liked a lot, which was Captain Hook. I liked him and I liked pirates. Yeah. And uh, then the other two though, they just looked like greys. Although I didn't know what greys were at that time. I didn't know what aliens were at that time. Uh, I had never heard of anything like this. So nothing else happened that I knew of, maybe because my head was covered up. I don't know, but I just sort of, I never forgot it. But I never knew what it was or not till many years later. 
So Gray's and a, a mantis-like. What was the mantis-like creature doing? Those, for some reason, always creep me out. <laughs> Those even worse than the Grays. But what was it doing? Was did it say anything? Did it communicate? No, he's never. I've seen a mantis three different times. That time and two other times, and they seem really super intelligent. And I think that they are telling the Grays what to do. I think they're sort of a boss. Definitely fascinating. Uh, well, my experiences uh, just, you know, that's why we do the show because I had weird stuff happen to me after I uh, was healed from testicular cancer after 17. And then several years later, my dad died. I started to have a UFO weird encounters where I've uh, seen some beings, uh, uh, things over the house, every house I moved to, just weird stuff enough to make people come outside and look at it. And uh, you think it's there at your house parked over it, which even, you know, freaks you out more that it's there. But I don't remember being taken or abducted or anything like that. But I've seen the carousel of weird stuff and there's some kind of connection I know with it. But if I have been taken, I don't remember a thing. Maybe they work with me astrally. I mean, that's a possibility. But some of the beings I've seen are small cloaked beings standing around a black box in the, in the woods friends saw that with me i didn't see their faces they they, they kind of like skinny jawas like from star wars or something a cat jumped towards them and they vanished and uh another type of being i've seen many of light beings i've seen those with my physical eyes to a point to where i thought i was about to die and transition and over to where i could see them in the heavens i saw them leave my house and sober under other states of consciousness i saw the whole gamut uh even saw one standing on the clouds with a friend at one point, and he saw it too. But uh, as far as grays, I've seen those in my mind's eye a lot before the last few years. But I was at where we were we were formerly living, me and Christina, and someone there was transitioning her grandmother. And I had an experience where I would let the white light from the sun like meditate and you know how it fills your space and it's kind of weird. And I went into the house and saw a gray standing in there near the grandmother and it turned and looked at us. And then Christina saw one or something that was gray standing over the bed at night. She seemed kind of made it seem like it was parasitic on some level. So it looked kind of like a, a bug. Maybe it was a mantis type. I don't know, but it was like standing over me. So <laughs> I don't know uh what it was doing but the, they seemed surprised that we saw them and it, they weren't physical they were like almost like for a minute <clears throat> like you see a camera flash and it leaves you know or you look at the sun you'll see weird you know things from just seeing that with your eyes and it leaves an impression but it was almost like they were like that but when you really look it looked like a gray, like legs and hands and, you know, right. almost like the sun gifted me with the sight, which was kind of weird and something to adjust to. But and and the, the cloak beings, the light beings and the grays and uh, once a really small, weird, chubby fat guy that looked like an alive gray Buddha statue. That was really weird. Maybe that was my dad. I don't think I've ever heard you mention that one before. Yeah, I think I've wrote about it, but it's not one I bring up often. I remember going in a backyard, and it was like a little, it almost looked like a Buddha statue, but alive, like you'd see at a Chinese restaurant, but very gray, and it smiled. Maybe it was just something in spirit, and just the way it, it was weird. I don't know what it was, but 
<coughs> there's been a few. Another weird one. Seen, go ahead. Go ahead, Byron. I've seen the light beings. They took me into another dimension. I was I was meditating because I had been told by the psychic that I was an alien. And I was everything she had told me had come true over a year. So I decided to meditate on that and see if I could believe it. And when I did, when I believed it while I was meditating, I felt two fingers or they felt like fingers go into the back of my head and pull me out of my head. And I was in another dimension where everything looked like it was lines made out of light. And there were three men setting against this wall that was like made out of light too. And they were made out of light. And they were in thrones that were made out of light. And one of them said, or thought to me, he said, uh, well, first, when I got there, this voice said, um, the council of three, introducing them to me. And then the one in the middle, I could tell it was him thinking towards me. They didn't speak with words. They spoke telepathically. He said, we've been waiting for you to figure this out. We're very proud of you. And then a bunch of stuff just runched into my head, sort of like, it was like when he used to use a dial-up modem to connect to the internet, the way that all that noise and everything's going. And I couldn't really keep up with what it was put into my head. Uh, and then I was awake. definitely interesting with the light being situation i mean a lot of times i wonder if it's us without our bodies too what do you think they are do you think that's a possibility or do you think they're like a different a race i think that they can live that they live in something like the etheric plane but they can move into our plane and when they do they become solid or they can stay light too either one i think it is a different race yeah. Well, what do you think we are when we're out of our body? Do you think we're just like a genie soul or are we a light being or what do you think? <laughs> a tentacle? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what you are. You're a tentacle. <laughs> the two times I've been out of my body, I was a small point of consciousness. Even that time when I was there and I had 360 degrees of sight i think that we're sort of like an orb but i'm not positive that's i've thought about that too because people see those orbs and then i had it's that uh very this uh israeli uh shaman guy from inner tradition say the dead can travel in balls of light so we're just like an orb that'd be weird yeah just like an orb. it's like a webcam we're just a webcam god's webcams <laughs> i could see 360 degrees and I can't even imagine that now, but I, I can see all the way around me, above me, below me, everywhere. Just like a Telus tadpole. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, for sure. I know that from the shamanic perspective, it's like we're the tentacles with webcams on the end, that consciousness exploring, you know, <laughs> the web of life and all that jazz, which, you know, makes sense, but. I don't know. It kind of creeps me out for just like an orb. <laughs> I don't know. See, see, see that none of that bothers me at all. I mean, 
you know, I had a reading years and years and years ago where I was where I was told by one of my spiritual teachers who I guess I guess you'd call him a psychic. I didn't really think of it as a psychic reading. It wasn't defined as that, you know what I mean? But um, he basically told me that that who I am here is actually a composite of several different beings and that only one kind of track of that is actually originated here and that there's a long story to that which i could go into but i don't really care and that (laughs) essentially essentially the main part of who i am is part of a group of people part of a group of people that were trapped here and uh and, and and we're waiting to get back Hold on for a second. I've got to do this. I, okay. I just got a phone call. I'll be right back. It's not like a wild bird that lives in your house. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> but um, what what's the the latest thing that's happened to you? How long has it been since you've had a situation or an encounter? Or, or what's the latest? The latest thing was I was saved from a, uh, from death. And it was in, I believe it was in 2017. Uh, although this year I did wake up one one day and I found uh, three bruises on my leg that shouldn't have been there. But in 2017, I was going home from town and uh, I was on on the highway coming home and the speed limit was 70, 70 miles an hour. Well, before I got on that highway, I pulled past this road that you can go 35 miles on, 35 miles an hour. And this voice in my head said, why don't you take this road? I said, I don't want to, I don't want to take this road. I want to get home. I'm in a hurry. And uh, I just finished eating dinner in town. Well, I got on the road and I got up to 70 miles an hour and I was getting ready to pass this truck. And he put on his blinkers to pass the car in front of him. So I let him, I slowed down a little bit. He got around that car and I gunned it and I got up to 70 and uh, 75. That's the speed limit, 75 miles an hour. Well, I noticed that he was pulling into the, into my lane. So, and I knew he knew I was there. I was almost even with his cab. So I pulled into the turn lane we were going up a hill and then I saw he was starting to, to come in to, to the turn lane with me. So I knew if I slowed down, I was going to hit the trailer of his truck. So I gunned it up to 77 miles an hour, topped the hill. And at that point I saw, and it was very dark and there was no moon. But I saw a black line across the road about four feet up off the ground, maybe five feet. And I'm going, what is that? And all of a sudden I realized it's the trailer and the cab of a semi that's blocking the entire three lanes, the turn lane and the other two lanes. (laughs) So I slam on my brake. Although that didn't matter, I had 45 45 uh, 45 uh, feet to stop in. I'm going 77 miles an hour 
I looked on the internet, it takes 300 feet to stop a pickup going 75 miles an hour. The truck next to me has got his brakes on, and we're getting closer and closer. Suddenly, he smashes in to the, the real tires of the semi, of the trailer, and parts of his the front of his truck fly across in front of my car. I'm 20 feet from it. And I look down, I'm still going 60 miles an hour. And I go, are you guys going to let me die this time? And my car immediately slowed down to zero. And I had five feet, so it slowed down from 60 miles an hour to zero in 15 feet. And I called 911, and I told them there had been a car wreck, and they said, a truck wreck, and they said they knew about it. Well, I figured they knew about the other side because ours had just happened. So anyway, I didn't argue with my hung up. And then something just told me to get out of there. So I backed up a little bit and then turned around and left and went home a different way. But when when I stopped, I had my top hat, a bunch of stuff in the front seat. None of it moved. I didn't move forward in the truck. There was no emotional effect inside of the truck. Wow, that's just like what you read about the spaceships, you know, how they can make turns and stuff. And yep. if we made them, it would smash us against the wall. So that was going on in there, too. So apparently they can project that into a place. So anyway, they saved my life again. That was about the ninth time. The ninth time. Wow, that's amazing. Love the top hat, by the way. Thank you. I can't wear it with if we can just take one minute and then I want to ask you about raising consciousness. There was one thing I was supposed to plug at the beginning of the show and I just want to do it real fast. It won't take but like a minute. Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Uh, Christina just gave them 20 bucks and basically what they are, if you go to PCRM.org, they'll match whatever donation. But they're basically have shut down some of these crazy puppy dog experiment places. And there was one place, I forget where it was, that had all these beagles. They look like Jack, my dog. And one day I got really mad and started prank calling them and saying weird stuff to them. And then next thing you know, they really got shut down. And I was like, hell's coming. I didn't say anything crazy to get police to come after me. I was like, hell's coming and uh, something weird. But next thing you know, we signed these things to help, you know, legislation look into it. They shut that one down. But just real quick, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, PCRM.org, because and that's some sick crap what they were doing that these, you know, they're doing like crazy, just sick stuff. Makes me crazy. That's why I prank called them. But I hadn't prank called anybody in a long time. It was fun. But it was a righteous anger. <laughs> but, well, one thing I want to say, uh, Byron, is at one point, and I've told this story before, when I first started doing this, I was having trouble getting some interviews. And then I had this weird UFO sighting of these red energies in the sky that I call fireflies. It's almost like we saw them. And I screamed, and my brother and nephew came out. We saw them as well. And I, at one point, went on a radio show from this lady from MUFON. I didn't know crap about MUFON. I don't like them. But uh, back back then, I didn't know. And I went on, and it was kind of a catharsis. And then the next thing I know, I was getting big interviews. It was like the UFO sighting was connected, helping me. I said a prayer, 
to find people to interview. And next thing you know, Lloyd Pye, he's passed now. He used to be in Panama City near here. Uh, uh, Stanton Friedman, uh, Nick Pope, Nick Redfern, like William Burns from UFO Hunters. Uh, I, it was like weird. Like the next thing you know, I'm on the phone with Sam Friedman. You know, it was it was like it was connected in a really weird way of raising consciousness. Do you think that's what this is all about and why we go through this? And you know, I know you do in the show, you do in your book, what you do helps raise consciousness, and that's what we do. I think that's kind of like the big thing of it, the connection, at least with the positive part of it for sure. Definitely. Part of it for sure. They've helped me with lots of things. I know they've helped me get jobs before I even knew that they were aliens helping me. It's definitely uh, fascinating. There's uh, they want people to know about them. And, you know, I think there's some out there that probably don't have our best interest, but I'd like to think from what I've seen, there's positive ones. For I sure. think so too. I believe they saved me from cancer when I was two and a half years old. They found out I was sick. I'd been sick for a year, took me to a doctor in Austin, and he did tests and found out that I had a sarcoma. And he was surprised that I was even still alive because it's uh, one of the most fast spreading cancers there are. It can go systemically over your whole body. And they operated the next week. And all they had was an operation in 1952. They didn't have chemotherapy or radiation, not here in Texas anyway. So they operated on me, and I lived. Do you think you've been completely physically taken by them, or has it have been astral? Or what do you think? Both. I've been on um, it's either one or two ships that I knew I was on the ship in in 2009 is when I discovered or when a friend told me that I was an abductee and I told him he was crazy. Then I started doing research on it. Then one night I played at a restaurant called the country kitchen that used to be near my house. And I played till almost midnight and I got home. I couldn't go to sleep. So I meditated. Well, for a week before this happened, before I played, I walked back and forth under the electric lines outside in my backyard, uh, behind my backyard in the woods, saying that I wanted to know what they were doing to me. I wanted to know. And I did that like six hours a day. And I told them I was going to do it the rest of my life if they didn't tell me. So I put on a CD to try to go to sleep, a meditation CD. And when I did... All of a sudden, I couldn't feel my heart. I couldn't feel my breathing. I couldn't feel anything. And then I was in this hammock, but the hammock was tied from side to side instead of end to end like our hammocks are. And uh, I got out of the hammock and I sat down on the floor. I wasn't wearing any clothes, just like when I'd gotten in the bed. Then I heard... uh, a sound out in the hallway there was an open door and then all of a sudden everything went black and then it came on again and i was laying on a metal table and there were three grays down at the foot of the table on the side and this weird creature that was wearing a robe and he looked sort of like a praying mantis um 
Anyway, I was about to flip out at that point, gets really scared, and he said, don't be afraid, and I calmed down totally because he controlled my central nervous system psychically. Then I saw somehow I was in my bed, and I was on the table at the same time, and I could see it. My friend Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, said that they can put your perception point wherever they want it to be. They can make you see from two different places. They can make you see anything they want you to see. Well, then the picture that I was looking at, which looked like a hologram on the wall, even though I was in it, it went in smaller and smaller to where it showed me from my neck to my knees, and my knees were up and the end of the table. And then it turned black and white, and then it turned x-ray, and I could see through myself, and I could see that they put a tube up into my body. They did the anal probe. And then I was awake in my bed, and uh, I thought, wow, I've been on the ship. And then I turned over and went to sleep, which was weird because it usually takes me an hour to go to sleep, especially after something exciting happens. Next morning, I woke up, and I drew the picture of that guy that I'd seen wearing the robe. And um, then I started crying. And I cried for about 30 or 40 minutes, and I couldn't figure out why, because I wasn't sad. But then I thought maybe it's something subconscious is leaving my body because of this experience. That evening, I went over to my friend's house that had told me I was an abductee not long before that, in 2009. This all happened in 2009. And I told him what happened, and he said, yeah. And I said, well, look. And I took out the piece of paper and unfolded it. I said, I saw this guy and I've never seen anything like him, and this proves that this was a dream. And I handed it to him, and he put it on his desk, and he turned around, and he typed in an address on the computer and pulled it up, and there was a child's drawing that looked almost exactly like my drawing, and it was labeled a mantis creature. Wow. So it didn't prove it was a dream. So why do you think they do the, the old uh, probe? Was it a medical exam? I haven't the faintest idea. I've always said if they come across intergalactic space to, to do that, maybe it's a prostate exam, hopefully, or something that's for the good of your health. I would hope. For sure. Two feet to my body that's way past the prostate. And I don't have a prostate because it was removed when they did the cancer operation on oh, me. Oh, okay, okay. Well, it's definitely the bottom ladder. <clears throat> I have so two books called, I have two books called uh, Probes Happen and Probes Happen Again. It's just interviews with UFO people. So try not to be too humorous about it, but it's serious and it really has happened to people. And who knows? It may have happened to me. That's the biggest thing. I wonder if this stuff happened to me and I'm just so brain wiped that I don't even know it, you know. And that's part of my uh, problem. <laughs> They make you forget anything that will bother you, is my opinion. Some people, some people, they let them remember everything and they go through bad experiences. But I don't yeah. think that I go through bad experiences and don't remember them. Yeah. You think remembering is like a fluke that they don't count on and it kind of happens or they let you, like you said, you think they, they, that that's the case all the time? Or is there sometimes like weird flukes that can break through it? I think they let you. Or... 
sometimes I think people give them so much trouble that they just don't care if they remember or not. So they let them. I know there's been experiences where it seemed like UFOs have been parked over my house like they were there. Even friends have said, Jeffrey, you're attracting them here. And it's almost like that's why they're there. And it's just so much to take on the psyche. It's a lot. I mean, do you think you've had PTSD from any of this and things like that? Yes. When I, when I found out I was an abductee, I started researching the different websites. And one of them led me to PTSD. And I realized that I... I've had PTSD most of my life. Just not where it was disabling. Yeah. Well, a few times it probably was. I think I have some from some of it. I, I mean, there's possibilities I've been you know, taking, but I don't really know. Uh, so tell us a little bit or a lot about your music. It's, I've heard some of it. I know I remember. Is electronic? What, what can you tell us and how does that is, do you feel these experiences have creatively opened that up a lot to you as well, connection? One night when I was meditating to the CD, and I've listened to the CD like years, the same one, I know what's on it pretty much, except it's such random sounds that you don't get, you don't get it burned in your head like you do a popular song. And all of a sudden, it was playing different music off of the CD in my headphones. Of course, it probably wasn't off the CD. They were making me hear that. And uh, instead of a synthesizer, though, it had regular instruments that they were making sounds the way a synthesizer makes sounds. They weren't making regular music. And they were doing it to a rhythm so that it made sense. Well, after that was over with, I was just going, wow, this is really strange. And it reminded me of some hip hop rap music in a way. But then when I heard dubstep, I, it really reminded me of dubstep. And I thought I could make this music. Now, this took over a year for me to figure out. But I thought I could make this music with a synthesizer. And just if I put a good solid drum beat behind it which I have a really good drum machine. A lot of critics, several critics have thought that I used real drums. Um, that I could play anything I wanted as long as it basically matched the rhythm. And so I started experimenting with different sounds and uh, my music's not like anything. I sort of consider it the classical music of the future. Was it? Close Encounters. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Yeah. I, I've heard it. Is there a place online where you still have it where people can listen? Because I remember listening to something. I remember. You can hear small clips on Amazon.com, on iTunes, on almost any place that sells music. It's on there. If, they, if people just look up my name, Byron Lacey, they'll be able to find it. Uh, especially at Amazon.com, and then I play some. Oh, it's on YouTube. Full songs with um, a music video that I've made. Several music videos. I use professional clips to make them. Like I just put one up called uh, Octurian's Arrival, and it has a lot of uh, rockets and 
pictures from uh, in the space station and different stuff like that, planets. And once again, they just look up my name and they can get to my channel. Now, there are a set of, you need to go to videos. There are, the first thing you come to is a set of songs, but they all have a still picture. They don't have a video with them. So you just look at the same picture constantly. But if you want to watch the videos, just go up to the top to the video tab and it'll open them up. There's about Ooh. 12 of them. And that's under B-Y-R-O-N-L-A-C-Y. That's right. And uh, I'll have to check it out some more for sure. I know you... So do you feel like these experiences have alienated you? I feel like that on a lot of different levels. Like it makes you feel like an X-Men mutant and you kind of just don't, you know, you alienate yourself from society on some level. Do you well, feel like that's happening? first... You just can't talk about it to anybody at first, especially back in 2009 even. But once I published my book, in uh, which I, I don't remember the year. Once I published my book, I figured it was pointless not to talk about it. So I just started telling everybody. And a few people thought I was nuts. 2015. A few people thought I was crazy, but not many. Most of them believed me. By then, I'd been around this group of people, and uh, I didn't talk very much. I sang at the restaurant with some of them there, but they believed me that something was happening. However, I do stay. See, I pick, I pick up people's emotions. It took me a long time to realize that sometimes I'd feel emotions that weren't mine. They were actually somebody else's. Once I figured that out, things got a little bit simpler. But it's just easier for me to stay at home rather than uh, yeah, going no out good. and being shit with all this stuff. I'm right with you on that. Stay at yeah. home. <laughs> stay at home. People are a piece of, you know too much i stay out in the woods i live in the woods basically what yep. do you do, what do, you yep. do out there what do you do out there in the woods <laughs> well i work on facebook i'm on the computer more than i'm out i'm around people a lot but they're they're on facebook and stuff yeah, they're on the computer yeah yeah nature is the and place I like to go that. yeah Nature is a place to go, that's for sure. I used to live more and go out in the woods a lot more, but here I haven't as much. But yeah. I did the other day, I just went and sat on a log out in the middle of some woods, and that, that, that helped. But definitely the piece I've got that's two out acres. there. I've got two acres of woods, and then there are woods across the street from me, woods behind me, pasture land. I'm uh, 12 miles out in the country. I was out in some woods not too long ago at this guy's house that lives near a cemetery and the cemetery's well taken care of and everything. But in the woods, there's a trail and he's made it into like, I don't know, it almost reminded me of a weird haunted house, like a spook trail. But he has like all these weird, uh, like a sidewalk out there, wood panel, like on the trails, like that. Are, it's weird. But anyway, as you go out there, there's graves from the cemetery that they just forgot about that are just out in the woods. 
like yeah. weird, like creepy. I loved it. It was really creepy. And they're old. And it's just like for some reason, I guess because they're in the woods, the cemetery just you know, said screw it. Just kind of forgot about them. But there's a piece Probably out so. there, but definitely a nice spookiness that I like. So have you ever had any uh, Bigfoot kind of stuff? Anything like that? I have a book on Bigfoot. I love it. I love that subject. But anything about that ever come up? No, I've never seen any of the cryptoids or anything like that. Not that I know of. Well, I did see a huge bird on the side of the road one day going into town early that looked like a buzzard, but he seemed to be about five or six feet tall. And uh, I did a double take, but I was late for work, so I didn't have time to turn around and look for him. So I don't know what that was. He was black. Sounds a little strange. I've I've seen a big bird in the sky way up high, like creepy. almost thought it was like a thunderbird or something. Like it was yeah. way up there like and big and black. So there's things out there. I thought I saw a Bigfoot when I was a kid, but I swear it might have been a kid messing with my brain out in the woods saying there was things in the trees. And my mom freaked out and called the cops and they made me draw it. And I drew like this little Wookiee or something. But they said something about spider monkeys escaping from a carnival nearby or something weird. But I don't know what I saw. I was young and stupid with, a, with a, some skater jerk that might have been like messing with my brain or something. <laughs> saying something was there that you know trying to convince you something's there and it wasn't maybe i was too young to even know but uh it's an interesting subject bigfoot i mean there's so many theories about that and workers for aliens and then you got stan gordon in pennsylvania with all the bigfoot ufo stories when you start mixing that stuff up it gets really interesting like he has serious cases about that stuff mixing you know that stuff up so it's definitely fascinating for sure but I don't, I don't think I've ever seen one. I'd like to. Why do they always show their stuff to like Republican hunters that shoot them in the face? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like they're like, Trumple Gooch, you like Trumple Gooch? Here, here I am. <laughs> I don't get it, but I've interviewed that Justin Smeja guy who claims he shot one, which they claim he's full of crap, but a lot of people get mad under that written interview on my site cussing them out and stuff. <laughs> but I don't know. It's an interesting subject, especially if you tie it in the, maybe a Nephilim biblical connection and stuff like that. It gets really weird for sure. But uh, so the aliens that you've seen, it's been uh, grays is in the light beings. Has there been anything else besides the mantis or anything else come up? Anything small and cloaks? I've been always trying to figure out what those things are. Little cloaked beings. There, there were some men that were about two, one and a half to two feet tall. And they had rounded heads. Now, uh, this, the book Communion mm -hmm. by Wesley Strieber, his movie, they were like these little men that come into his house and they get him. And I think they do the probe on him. I'm not sure. But yeah, I've seen good. them in my bedroom. Did you see I've, the Christopher Walken movie? What are you doing with that probe? The probe. Christopher Walken Communion, that's a great one. That's a, he does it's the whole Whitley Strieber story in a movie. Have you seen that with Christopher? Yes, Walken? that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I was um, out of college and I'd had a job that fell through and I didn't know what I was gonna do. And uh, my wife and I we'd taken another job throwing newspapers to have some money and I was gonna do art. Well, 
After two days, we had to give that up because the car, the Volkswagen couldn't do the job. Then I went in and went to bed and I had this dream all night long. There was this uh, glass and wood cabinet like from the 1920s next to my bed which really wasn't there. And these guys, the little men like in that movie, they would pop up and go, he's coming. And then another one would pop up and go, he's coming. And they said that all night long. Then the next night when we quit the job, I was seriously thinking about committing suicide the next day because I just didn't see how I was going to actually be able to function and that my wife might be better off without me. Well, in the next night, a dream started when I went to sleep and I drove all over Nacogdoches County like we had with the newspaper route and uh, drew everywhere me and Barbara did. Then we stopped at a friend's house and I went into the backyard and they stayed at a picnic table talking and there was a wooden table. I mean, a wooden, wooden glass cabinet, just like the one the little guys have been in had stuff in it. And there was a little man's head down in the bottom and I walked up to it and he suddenly turned into a six foot, seven foot person who was very skinny. And he said, don't kill yourself. We have jobs for you. Then he sucked up into and became a crystal skull and zoomed off. Now, I had never heard of the crystal skulls. But the next day, well, I woke up and I told Barbara that I had, she woke up at the same time and I said, I just had the weirdest dream. She said, me too. What was yours? Well, we had both had basically the same dream, except I was at a picnic table with this friend. And, she, and her, and she was in a car, an old car that was, wasn't was moving with him and me. And then I got out and went into the backyard, and they got out and got under the car because they were afraid because the landlord was coming. And um, then her dream ended, and my dream ended, and we woke up. Well... I didn't kill myself, obviously. I didn't even think about it. Or I thought about it, but I decided not to because he had said not to. I mean, he was very to the point. So we went to this bookstore that had opened up in Nacogdoches where we knew the woman that ran it and she had it in her house. And that day I saw an article about in a book about the crystal skulls. And two other people came in and they told us they were hiring janitors at the college and I should go down there. So I went there and they got me a job. They put me in the education building where I had just gotten my teaching certificate before. And a year later, I got another job teaching in uh, Livingston. So I think they got the jobs. Connection. It's kind of like their spirit. I didn't even have to look at the jobs. They, the, the head of the department, who is my teacher, he got the job for me. It's kind of like your spirit guides too. On something. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I've had, some, I've had some interesting luck like that too. I mean, where I felt like, you know, stuff came up or I was guided to do this or something. I just, 
I just I I it I don't have the experience of uh, of um, encountering beings that are that I, I guess I don't see them. I I don't see stuff very much, you know. Like I haven't. I've seen a couple of maybe two or three UFOs. Um, I'm not like Jeffrey though. I haven't seen like lots of things. I have I, see, I hear things sometimes, um, and I have my other senses do stuff, but I don't really see stuff. I've had some out of body experiences, had some really interesting out of body experiences. Um, I've never had an experience though of a of any of the classic alien beings at all. Um, I, my, my experiences are more, um, they take more the form of kind of classic shamanic experiences, you know, animal guides and, um, stuff like that. So, but I, but I, but I've had the experience of feeling like, you know, I, if, when I really, really need something genuinely, something emerges and I go, and it's never anything I expect exactly. You know what I mean? And you just have to sort of go with it, you know, let yourself be guided with it. Because I've always felt like I was a stranger here on this planet. I don't get this planet at all. I, I, I get the mm-hmm. animals and plants, but the, the, the people, I don't get them. I, I just don't get them. <laughs> They're just completely weird. I feel like I, feel like I, 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 I had the, I feel like I was born into a family that I have I have no relationship with at all. I'm not like any of them. And the only reason I was born there was I had to be born somewhere for some reason. You know what I mean? I relate to that. <laughs> that yes. I relate totally to it. I thought I was left on their doorstep. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I'm just really not like them at all. And they and of course and they're not a very kind family you know they're not very tolerant of difference so i've had to sort of leave them behind you know and and kind of raise myself and be by myself except when i find few a few people that are like me or can put up with me if that makes sense <laughs> you know um, so anyway you know i i mean i don't i don't I've never really thought of it. I don't have, I only have maybe one or two experiences that I can remember where I wondered if there was kind of an abduction thing or contact thing happening. I haven't had, I've had some missing time experiences, but they've never been connected to UFO stuff. You know what I mean? Specifically. So I, I mean, it's hard to, for me to know exactly whether those are exactly the same kinds of situations or whether it's because of the way humans are constituted, the way we are constituted here, that when we have these kinds of experiences, that's just the way they are. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. You know, it's like the the only way that we can sort of handle certain types of experiences is, is if we sort of lose consciousness or something and 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 that's the only way we can sort of enter into other realms um it's just it's interesting though it's interesting hearing your experiences 
you know, you seem like a, a fairly level guy. We've had some abductees on here. I mean, you know, I'm sure Jeffrey can tell you, we've had some abductees on here and contactees on here that their experiences left them a little crazy. You know what I mean? Just yeah. kind of, kind of, you know, that it, <laughs> What what is it? What what is it? An enchilada sh short of a combo plate or something like that? If that's a way of talking about it, but you seem to be more balanced. Seems down to earth, and I, I don't know. Are you familiar with the Love and Saucers guy, the guy that paints the pictures yeah, from yeah, Georgia? He seems to be very cool too. Seems, yeah, that's who kind of you know y'all are definitely different individuals, but I I kind of got that down to earth, honest you know vibe that like I, I did from him like. And his paintings are amazing. I can't remember his name right now, but I have the book and all the paintings in it. And there's a documentary called Love and Saucers where he paints all his experiences. There's some booby aliens in there, too, from some sex experiences he talked about. <laughs> like a, a gray alien lady with, 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 with boobies. But uh, I forget his name. Do you remember his name, Wham? I'd have to, I'd have to look him I up. I'd have to look him up. He lives, in, he lives in New York, I think. He right? was from Georgia. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, but it, David Huggins, David Huggins, his site is. Oh, that's right. If you look up Love and Saucers, there's a documentary. You should check it out if you 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 haven't, uh, Byron. Ever you'd like, you'd love the artwork. You'd love. Yeah, he's he's. I think it helps. Like you know, you do creative stuff too, Byron. You know, you do music and you find ways of expressing stuff. And I think that people who do stuff like that, you know, it helps them. I think it helps them. I discovered or I was thinking about my father the other day, and I think uh, one function he had, because he was emotionally distant and sort of cold, was to cause me to want attention. And that's probably one of the reasons I went into the arts is where I could, you know, do stuff in front of everybody and get attention. So he actually served a purpose. Right. Yeah, I think that my, I think that the one thing that my father did is my father is, is a very, well, he's, he's like got dementia now, bliss, blissfully ignorant, you know, delusions about himself. But um, I think that the one thing that he did do was my experiences with him forced me to really do deep kinds of searching you know spiritual searching even right. um, because um, you know in order to get past the trips that he put on me um, I I had to really work on myself you know it was like I you know I almost killed myself too I had to really 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 work on myself and because it became really clear to me at a certain point that I, that something wanted me here, you know, because I tried to do various, I've had like, I've had some really close calls. There's, there's really no reason why I shouldn't be dead. <laughs> me too. You know, and, and I've had some really close calls and, um, you know, the, my conclusion from that is that for some reason I'm supposed to be here and I'm supposed to go through whatever I'm going through here. And then when I'm done, I'll, it's, it's something will be wrapped up. I don't know what it is exactly, you know, but something will be wrapped up. So, um, 
uh, and and I've been assured that no matter what I go through, um, I will be taken care of somehow. You know that it'll it'll work itself out. It'll figure itself out. It's been pretty tough sometimes emotionally and physically, but um, you know. I relate to that. That's no, it's like that. but but some for, but for some reason it's like I'm just I'm just supposed to be here. So that's all I can really, you know. I I do the things that I do and and uh, she's got a lot of cool native connections. That native, native yeah. Connection. I I I mean the way the direction that I've taken with all of this is Love I do more, more of the shamanic. I guess it's what you call it, spiritual kind of approach to all of it. You know, um, I, 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 I tend to believe that the, the alien, the alien stuff, what we call the alien stuff. I mean, they're alien to our, they're alien to our, our human side, but they're not obviously alien to us. Like they're not alien to you if you're one of them. Right. It's right. just, it could be that, could be they worked with the shamans. Except yeah. that they came to the shamans in a way that the shamans could understand. Yeah, well, and they pro that's that's doing what shamans do, that's that's it's sort of like a you know, the process is learning how to learning how to open up your consciousness in a certain kind of way. So that mm. um it, so that maybe it's less traumatic. Um, maybe um, it's easier to sort of, um, I don't know what the word is, assimilate the information, integrate the information, um, even maybe um, trans, uh, uh, tell people about it or something or whatever it is it's 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 for me it's just it's it's a matter of learning how to it's a matter of learning how to live here in a way that is less traumatic for me if you want right. to put it that way you know I, uh, i've always felt like i was being watched after and uh at a point where i needed a job i wanted to know i had a chance to go to california to look for a teaching job at this sort of a college fair type thing. Uh -huh. Although they didn't call it that. And I ended up calling this psychic in New York because I'd been drawn to him, his ad in a magazine. And I asked him if I should move or not, or if I should stay here. And he said, uh, you should stay here. I said, well, why do you say that? And he said, well, you're being looked after. I said, I'm being looked after by who? Is it angels? Uh, is it spirit guides? And he said, I don't know. They won't let me see who they are. And I said, well, well, is it angels? And he said, I see two hands and they are holding you. They're giant hands and they're holding you. And that's all they let me see. And uh, the next day I got a job working for the Texas Department of Human Services. A friend had the job and she decided she was going to get married. She called me and told me to call them and talk to them. So I called this woman who was doing the home energy assistance program. She mm -hmm. had me come down and talk to her. So she asked me my name. I told her, and she asked me if I'd been to college, and I told her yes. And then she started talking, and she talked about herself for an hour. And then she said, well, if you want the job, you've got it. So 
So she basically she just told you all about herself, right? <laughs> right. We just talked about little stuff. And when I worked there, I'd go, oh, God, here she comes. And she'd come in and sit down, and she'd talk to me for an hour, and then she'd leave. It's like she hired me because I'd listened to her almost. Yeah, well, you know, right. I've, had that, I've had that experience, too. I, I remember once I, 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 I really needed, like, a part-time. When I first started my uh, – when I first went back to school, um, I had started a, a, a program and then I had to stop because of personal problems. And then I went back like after eight years, but I really needed like a part-time job, like on campus, you know, where I could, right. where I didn't, where I could get decent pay, but I didn't, I didn't want like one of those retail horrible jobs because you, you have to work long hours and you don't get a lot of money and it's exhausting. And it's really hard if you're like in school to do that. Cause I was a little bit older anyway, going back to school. And, um, I, so I applied for this one job that looked interesting, but I didn't really know what it was. And it required that I go in and talk to this woman who was in charge, the director of it. And um, she ended up, I ended up getting hired for something else that she was also in charge of, but she did the same thing. It turned out that we were both like into the Seth material and, and, and she started telling me about, you know, like all the things she wanted to do. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an interview at all, you know, and I ended yeah. up doing some really cool stuff that I'd, I'd never done before, um, but just because she realized I could do it, you know, and and it turned into a, a really good connection for some other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I completely get that. And later I felt like that what he couldn't see was that they were aliens, and they had manipulated and got me that job. They got me several jobs over the years. And it would always be when I was just about totally broke and I needed a job desperately. And then there it would be. Have you ever sat That's back me. and said, oh, shit, I'm an alien? I've done that before. <laughs> I thought I was for a minute. <laughs> and I found out I was. <laughs> it took some adjustment to get used to it after they took me into the other dimension and told me I was. But all before that, I've kept going, I must have been an orphan and got left on my parents' doorstep. There's something to it. I think they're family on some weird level. I mean, probably we're, when we croak, we go back to them and hang out with them. Maybe it's some kind of like a mission to come here to help. I don't know. Only get I call myself... Water. Cuckoo. <laughs> a whole hybrid where from what I from what I've uh, realized or what I think that they were pouring into my head was I was going to be put into this body I was going to be a walk-in and I had agreed to come in as a walk-in because I would be able to remember everything and they were going to switch me with the soul that was in this body when it had the operation for cancer at two and a half but that soul decided it didn't want to come here at all. So I was born here. And when I was born here, I forgot everything. It was like, nope, 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 not coming. <laughs> I don't blame it. <laughs> really, I don't either. I don't blame it at all. Of course, I, I had the yeah. easiest time. If it made it, if it just lived to two and a half years old, that was... Some of the best times in my life with my family was when I was the only child. 
and I was with my mother all the time. My father was always at work. I got a weird story with Whitley Strieber, and it's not the, the – me and him had a fight a long time ago. It was kind of stupid over Richard Hoagland or something. He said something on his wall, you're doing humanity a favor. I wrote something about Hoagland. It's a long time ago. But anyway, I wrote him an email. He's like, anybody that associates themselves with Mavis, that word, must be crazy. And anyway, that was the end of that. It was just some stupid childish thing. But I've always admired his books and stuff, but I've heard that he can be an a-hole. And I've also had another author tell me that he has, like, definite proof that he does have some weird CIA kind of stuff going on. And this guy's like a big author. I don't want to say his name, but uh, and it was kind of weird. But anyway, to the point. I don't want to get into the gossipy crap. That's just the, the forefront to make you understand this story. I I love right. his books. They help me on some level. I love the Walkins movie. I wish me and him, you know, didn't have that little conflict, but it happened. But uh, the other, he probably don't remember it. He probably doesn't care. But my point is, I found these two comic books from 1997 Caliber Press called Beyond Communion 1 and 2. And it's supposed to be two comics i guess it's telling some of the encounter stories and i found two in the usa and it was like 20 something bucks or something and i got them well during christmas the package completely vanished into thin air it's like tracking picked up shipping and just totally <laughs> like it's like i think whitley and the aliens came down and said oh jeffrey we hate you and just vanished the package it, it never came back mm -hmm. The guy went to the post office from eBay, the, the business dude, and talked to the supervisor, and they could not find this package. But anyway, I just reordered them, and they're hard to find. I just got, like, this is the only ones, if this doesn't come, I'll never own them ever. And I spent 20 bucks probably. And in Canada, and I found part one and two. And hopefully it doesn't get lost, but it's just weird. Like it's gonna. I guess I don't have the Whitley blessing. <laughs> well, well, you, well, you know, Mercury is in retrograde in Capricorn, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And well, I just found these two on uh the, in Canada, and we'll see what happens. But and they go. Well, the aliens may suck them up into the afters as well. <laughs> <laughs> But love the Christopher Walken movie I've seen it a million times. Uh, read all the books, not all of his, but a lot of the main communion ones I know. But uh, who are some of the authors that you've come across that have helped you? I mean, is that one of the big medicines that help us? Uh, it did me finding other people. Well, there was one book, and I can't remember. It's two two sisters. I can't remember their name or the book, but they. Uh, they're abducted and people come to their house and try to set up machines to detect them and they can't. But also then um, a book by Daryl Sims and Daryl Sims himself, the alien hunter, he helped me a lot. He investigated my case by email and he would look at my pictures and he'd talk to me about stuff. And I've spoken at his HUFON, Houston UFO network, not related to MUFON. I've spoken at his meetings two different times after he had helped me get my head together. And um, the lady, I can't remember her name right now, that, uh, that writes about Betty and Barney Hill. Oh, uh-huh. Do you remember her name? Oh, the, 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 the woman who played her? No, she's she's related to them. 
Oh, 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 the niece, the niece. Yes. Um, let me see her. Let's see. What is her name? Marston. Marston. Um, no. Well, yeah, Martin. Martin. Her niece that wrote about her is Kathleen Martin. Kathleen Martin. Yes, Kathleen yes. Martin. She, yeah, I, had, I, had to look uh, I wrote. I wrote to her a lot emails and she would look at my pictures she kept one of them because she had never seen that particular configuration before but she would tell me yeah a lot of the people she communicates with are having these kind of marks right now and she helped me sort of stay on track so and then communion helped and travis walton's book helped those are the ones that i've read I don't read a whole bunch about abductions. I just more think about my own. I need that my dang, book helped me. I need that dang Travis Walton book. It's like expensive. It's like 80 bucks now or something. I mean, trying to find it. Wow. I got it pretty cheap on eBay a couple of years ago. I need to keep an eye out for them. I think they're like 50 fire in the sky. Yeah, but I think they're like a. Uh, bucks or something on there crazy well, but that's what they normally do do you ever read any uh rd six killer clark or ardy c-l-a-r-k-a i think six killers in her name it and two she's native yeah. lady that collects native uh ufo encounter stories uh and south america she goes to different tribes and gets all their stories it's pretty cool uh i love those has any of the native stuff helped you out any did you come across anything like that that's you know an interest no i've never looked at that stuff and uh there's some good books out there on it it seems more pure not as fear painted as some of the the white man stuff <laughs> but uh so do you think there's races out there that have or you know that aren't good well i'm sure there are there are people that aren't good you know, there are people that are good, people that aren't good. It, there are so many, there are a lot of races, apparently. And it, it could be that it's not all of the race, but just some of them. Yeah, I know a lot of people want to paint the reptilians. Like, I, I jokingly say they're the new Jews. That's like they, they hate on every reptilian thing ever. Like, it's like, seems kind of unfair genocidal thought to condemn an entire race as evil. You know, that's like some Hitler stuff. On a lot of different some, levels. Some people think the reptilians are good. Yeah. You know, because their experiences have been good. <clears throat> I had Dr. Turi, uh, he's kind of controversial, but I, I'm, I'm friends with him. He's been on from coast to coast. He said, I had a golden draconian reptilian that shows me things. That's how I see. Wow. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's so. I don't know. But it does kind of feel like when I see some stuff, like something touches you, you know, uh, touches you and shows you. And, you know, now I freak out and think there's some weird golden, you know, reptilian from Dungeons and Dragons that's hanging around me, you know, touching my head and stuff. But I don't know if it's true or not, but he seemed convinced there was something to it. And he also thinks that there's parasitical reptilians that are evil and very bad, but there's good ones, too. Like he'll blame suicides on them and weird stuff like that. That's interesting and things. Uh, like if a bad celebrity death happens, he claims they kind of go around and cause his stuff to, I guess, feed or something. Maybe something to it. I don't. I don't know. 
but uh, I know I've heard some of them feed up our emotions. Yeah, I think there's got there's something parasitical out there for sure that kind of feeds on this kind of you know the crap. I mean, just look at this world. <laughs> something ain't yeah. right. Like that sicko that just killed those four teenage girls in Idaho. I mean, it's just it's what inspires that besides just stupid madness. But is there something? It was a, 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 a dude basically broke into, uh, I don't know if it was a college dorm or whatever, some Ted no, Bundy. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, an apartment building that was part of college housing, but it wasn't on campus. And basically just killed these girls. Like, you know, four no, two, three, three girls and a guy. Yeah. Sick. I avoid the news. Yeah, I can't blame you there. But that's definitely a case, you know, something evil to me, something. Yeah, really. Of course, humans can be evil, too. Yeah, could just be sickness in the head or whatever. We can't always blame, you know, a, a reptilian demon, you know. But, I mean, who knows? I do think there are things out there that feed off of, you know, something like kind of leeches. Like some kind of leech. Yeah, something crappy or <clears throat> the vampire been around for many moons. The vampire. Oh, I recently saw this trailer for Renfield. It's a, com a dark comedy with Nicolas Cage as Dracula. It actually looks fun. Like it's in the modern world. And Renfield is in a support group, and he's like, you know, talking about Dracula. It's funny, and uh, Nicolas Cage actually looks kind of neat as Dracula. It's, it's silly too at the same time, but it's funny because <clears throat> Nicolas Cage Dracula shows up to the support meeting. And one of the counselors goes, this is obviously more, a little bit more than narcissism with this, this situation. <laughs> it's funny, but Renfield, I want to see it. Uh, Nicholas Cage is Jacqueline. Yeah, got to check Sounds that out. Good. Yeah, look it up. It looks funny. But uh, it's just called Renfield. They just released the trailer for it. Uh, so what... What have you been working on lately? Uh, did you have anything in the future you want to do? Or, I mean, what, are, what is going on? Well, I just recently, like I did, um, I didn't do any interviews for a while. And last year I thought, I need to do some interviews. And all of a sudden, they just started coming to me. And I did three, either three or four. I can't remember which. I know I did three. And then... I was hoping to do some more this year and you contacted me today. So I got this and then I have another one lined up for later this year. Actually, I have two more lined up for later this year. So it looks like I'm going to be doing interviews and I've been writing a lot about my life, my childhood and my teenage years. I've started doing that for some reason. All of my past has been like pouring back into my head, really crystal clear. And I've been, instead of writing a book, I've been writing small things about it and putting it on Facebook. So those are just my plans right now. Cool. And uh, yeah, Graham Ganson brought you up. A uh, guy does a lot of art for us. And I was like, yeah, he's been on. I'll try it. And there we go. The aliens high five this telepathic high five. I think so. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I sent you that Love and Saucers link. You should check that out if you ever get a chance. It's a documentary, but there's also like an art book, and I, I forget who the lady. I think she's a, a 
Israel, Jewish lady, uh, I forget her name, like it's kind of a hard name for me to pronounce, but she put it out and then out of all his artwork in it. But his name's David Huggins and he had all these encounters in Georgia and then started painting them all. And you would probably find the artwork very haunting. You could probably find a lot of it online or on YouTube, but you would probably, it would probably, you know, make you think about your encounters a lot. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty wild. I've started publicizing or working on getting the word out about my music because I haven't messed with it in about two years. And I was looking at it and I realized I've got 11, 12 song CDs published, which is more than some people ever do in their whole career. So I've got a lot of songs out there and they're in a lot of different places. So I'm sort of trying to get the word out about my music on iTunes and Amazon and things like that. Cool, cool, cool. Definitely. And how do they find it on Amazon? Just Byron Lacey? If you do Byron Lacey music, it will bring up all of my CDs. If you do Byron Lacey books, then it'll bring up my three books, Chosen. And one of them is a science fiction book called uh, Heroes and Villains. Very cool. Well, uh, we'll talk. Definitely check it out, and it's worth hearing. We got we we stop at five till, so we got a, a, a little bit of chunk time left. Uh, we're going to talk some more about your stuff, but I want to ask Wham real quick. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be real quick, but I know you've been doing your blog. Has there been some UFO stuff that you've been looking at lately? I know Byron will find this stuff fascinating as well, but I want uh, you to at least plug your blog one good time and tell us maybe. A little okay. bit what you've been working on. Yeah, well, what I've been working on, whoops, what I've been working on lately, the last, I don't know, maybe four blogs, and then it's going to go on for a little while, is I've been reading some books that I guess are considered to be classic, but not necessarily as well-known books uh, in UFO literature. And... Um, so uh, I did like a, I, I, uh, last, the, the, I, the last two I did, I did one on the Tiunga Canyon um, contacts. And part of the reason why I did that as well is because in the actual study that Ann Druffel and Scott Rogo do of that, of those, of those contact and abduction cases, um, there's a lot of interesting sort of extra information in that book, in that, in that study that, um, you know, and I'm talking at, from it from a, a sociological standpoint and historical standpoint, um, because there's, you know, there's a lot of talk about um, who the aliens will contact and who they won't. And, and, uh, there are a lot of suppositions about that. And that has to do a lot with sort of the makeup of the UFO contact abduction community, the larger community, not necessarily the specific people that say who I hang out with or that Byron hangs out with, but the people out there who make all the noise in the community, you know, or who, who may try to be, make a living on this, you know, um, and, and so that book, The Tiunga Canyon Contacts, actually has some really interesting stuff in it about <coughs> the, the relationship of the, of the 
the relationships of the the women, the contactees, the abductees that are having these experiences. Uh, the, there's there's the the kind of health and illness information that's given. It's actually very interesting, but in ways you don't expect. And then this last time I did a a blog on uh, a book that Jacques Vallée liked, he, and that's the reason why I read it initially. And it's called the you uh, it's called the UF the Utah UFO display, and it, it's a very specific study that was done of a set of UFO experiences that people had in the in the Uinta Basin in the late 60s and early 70s before Skinwalker Ranch became kind of the thing that it is all right um, and the, and it's actually a really interesting study uh, in the sense that uh, uh, people were having these really interesting experiences within a, a particular social context um, and and some of the experiences are rather unusual, and they don't fit into the sort of standard of of what we think of as UFO experiences now. They're just they're and the, and the guy that did the reporting on it, he's not a UFOologist. He's a biologist, you know. So he brings us a, a different kind of understanding, a different set of questions. And and what I'm working on right now is. Um, I'm going to do a fairly extensive review of, uh, of a book that I think is one of the best studies of, of, of a UFO outbreak that's ever been done. And it's called uh, Project Identification. That book was called Project Identification. And it, and it started as an examination of a, of a UFO flap that's, that was going on in southeastern Missouri in in 1973 is when it peaked but it's this is actually the story that a guy who's a geologist and a physicist um, had when he decided that he would try with a team to do really the the first and and to my knowledge only completely scientific study of a ufo display um, and all of the interesting and bizarre things that happened as a result of it he started out as a skeptic and um, it's, it's just his account. It's not that he had any tremendous contact experiences himself, although there were people apparently on the ground at the time that had some interesting other experiences. There were some adjunct experiences that happened there uh, in, in that area during the time period of his study. Um, but he had... It, it, it's 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 a scientist's confrontation with something he doesn't understand, and he and he has to admit as a scientist he doesn't understand it, uh, and I, I and I and I've you know pe people like Gregory Little have said why isn't anyone paying attention to this book now now people are paying attention to this book um, I, when I purchased it which was about three years ago I was able to get a copy of it for seventy five bucks on Amazon. Um, yeah. so now it's gone up to 500 bucks. Oh my gosh. I yes. know it's <laughs> so What's it called again? It's mm. called Pro Project Identification. I what, I, what I'd suggest to people is that they try to get in, in they try to get it an interlibrary loan, see if they can get it that way, and then um, scan it. You know, um, <clears throat> because there actually have been some attempts 
to contact his family. I think he died in 2005. Harley Rutledge was the guy's name. I think he died in 2005. Um, and there have been several attempts to contact his children, his family, to see whether or not they would be interested in assisting in reprinting the book. Because the book is really, really good. It's, he's got all of his physical measurements in it, all the things they did with optical equipment. I mean, it's, it's very detailed for people who need it to be that way. Um, and, but his family isn't interested in getting involved for a variety. You know, they, they don't want to deal with the UFO crazies, essentially. You know, the, the larger UFO community that is just, well, we know how they are. <laughs> We talk about them. We know how they are, you know. But 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 in terms of stuff that's going on here where I live, there have been, um, and just so you know, Byron, I live in the Mid-Hudson Valley. So this is a place that is kind of known for a lot of different types of things. And there mm -hmm. have been some sightings of, uh, there have been some, um, some activity that's been happening in Pine Bush, uh, just as of December, uh, late December, early January, I guess we're still in early January, like around the 31st to 2nd. Uh, there's also some um, cryptid stuff that's happening up north that I don't know that much about, but I've heard a little bit about it. Um, and and I, me, me and a friend, uh, I, I know that people who listen and who have uh, attended to my book, know that one of the things that I talk about sometimes is this haunted gym that I go work out at <laughs> every now and then that's got like ongoing activity. <clears throat> and um, we're in the process of putting together a team to go and spend a couple nights there and see if we can get it to get it, get it to react for us. The, 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 uh, I mean, we, we wouldn't be rude to it, but, the the uh, the whatever is there is kind of mischievous. It likes to tease people. There's nothing dangerous there, but it but it kind of likes to poke people. So what it'll do is if you try to connect with it, it'll sort of ignore you and it'll wait till you're not expecting it. So mostly what'll probably happen is we'll stay a couple nights. Not much will happen, and then a week later we're. <laughs> all kinds of crap will occur because that's the way this thing sort of goes. But anyway, um, he, uh, my, the, my, the guy who runs the gym, he has all of these, he's got all of his cameras set back up and uh, he's, he's we're, we're, get, we're getting ready to roll on something like that. So that would be, that'll just be kind of interesting and fun. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got enough material on that place that I could do my own little, you know, in fact, I, you know, Jeffrey, I was going to mention this to you. Um, I'm probably in the next year or two, probably going to do like a volume two of my mysterious beauty book, cool. in which I just update it and like add certain things to it. I'm not going to try to rewrite the book. The book was too much of a hassle to write the first time, but, uh, you know, update it. Um, have some different stories, maybe have an entire chapter on this gym, you know, stuff like that. So that's what I'm starting to get work, work on. But my blog is at professorwham.com. So um, that's where I'm putting that stuff up. And I'm, I'm putting this stuff up as both a blog, you know, like a written document. But then I also do an audio version 
of it that I put up on YouTube that, um, and the audio version, um, I'm not the most professional person in the world and I do not care. Um, but the audio version has some like extra stuff in it, you know, like maybe some extra graphics if you want to watch it or some, some of my parenthetical off the side remarks and tangents, you know, which you can't really do in a written document because of the nature of a written right. document. So, um, uh, but but that's where you can find that kind of stuff. And I want I want this stuff to be a little bit more regular. And then I also plan on doing I've, I've started rereading this mystery stocks the planes. This is the original first book on cattle mutilations. Oh, mystery stocks the planes. It was written in the late 1970s. Um, it was written by two people who were just um, journalists in Montana. And they were looking at the Montana outbreak, which actually predated the Colorado um, outbreak. That's what Linda Moulton Howe got involved in the large Colorado outbreak in the late 70s and early 80s. Yes. And um, but this is the Montana outbreak happened first. And um, and if you read th this book, you'll realize that people forget this. You'll realize that the first set of mutilations were kind of different than they became than they became later on. They're like they're they're like even weirder than than some of the stuff that happened later. Very strange. So um, and kind of sloppy in a weird sort of way. It was kind of like what who whatever's doing this had to sort of learn how to do it. <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. Probably what happened. Yeah, they probably had to learn how to do it. You know, by the time they got to Colorado, they'd perfected some of their techniques or something. But, um, but it's, it's, it's a very, it's, it's, it's really, I, st I mean, I've read several texts about um, uh, mutilations and it's really the best, still the best one. And it's very simple. It's, but it's got lots of color photographs in it, lots of drawings in it. Um, it's 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 got just a lot of stuff in it. It's it's actually really good. I saved it and I looked up project identification. There's a lot of crazy prices for that. Some were actually one sixty, but there's a bunch of four hundred dollar ones. Yeah, and well, I yeah, I mean, yeah. I well, I know. I I was lucky in that I actually found a copy of this at a used bookstore, and I and I read and I was like, oh my god, they don't know what it is. You know, I paid like five dollars for it. Oh, <laughs> you know, because I was like, oh my god, this is mystery socks the planes. Ah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that one's not that expensive. It's the other one, project yeah, project identification. That's crazy. yeah, project identification is is has become very expensive. How much did you pay for your project identification? I, I paid, like I said, like about $65, $70, but that was like oh, okay, three, okay. three or four years ago. Um I'm you know, one of the things that a friend, uh, a colleague of mine and I are thinking about doing is just scanning it and then just having P PDFs of it and sending it to people. I, yeah. I don't know how legal that is, but I guess if we don't sell it, it doesn't, you know, then it's not. Yeah. If you do it, let me know because I was eyeballing that one. I was like, yeah, it's, it's a great book. No. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great book. I mean, it really is. It's it's worth it. It's like that already six killer books. Crazy expensive now. Which which one is crazy expensive? The Native American Star Encounter Prequel Encounters. It's like two hundred dollars or something. 
which one of hers? Because the, the, the first one, the first one. Because it's out of print. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great book. That is a fabulous book. It sucks. You would think anomalist. I'm not really knowing if they're around. I guess they are, but you would think they would do something about that. I don't understand it. It's crazy. Yeah, printing is hard. And uh, how long did it take you to write your book, Byron? I, I wrote a few, but mostly it was just transcript interviews. I had to transcript audio by hand, and I actually put my hand through a door one day because it sucks so much, and that's not something I'd normally do. But I hit the door. <laughs> I was sitting there typing mm. this crap, everything everybody says. It sucks. I, but what about your book? about a year. A year? That's not Man, bad. I took about a year. I wrote it, and then I had to rewrite it, and then I had somebody read it. Uh, Elizabeth yeah. England, who's an abductee, and then I rewrote it again, not as much, and then I finally had it like I wanted it. Then I had to get people to go through it and correct all the spelling. I'm horrible at yeah. spelling. I've got an English yeah. degree and I can't spell it. Yeah, when I yeah, it took me 18 months to write um, Mysterious Beauty. It was. And uh, I had to do the same thing. I had to I had to have other people read it, and then I had to do a final editing by reading it out loud to myself with a with grammar check and and a spell check. <laughs> like I, I went like fourteen hours one day, twelve hours another day. You know, going through that. You know, I got rid of most of the problems, but you know, it's still not perfect. A pain no book is done commercially usually having this misspelled word or two in them oh well you know i have found that that even um highly um i've gotten books from uh well-regarded publishers that i find errors in all the time and that's because mm -hmm. all the editors now use ai ai programs to do their initial spell checks and grammar checks. And they don't necessarily, it doesn't go through the, the laborious galley checking that it used to. They just don't have right. the time for it. They don't have the time for it. I mean, there are tens, there are hundreds of thousands of books published per month. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and tens of thousands published from the big firms. So there's just nobody that can do all that kind of stuff anymore it just doesn't mm. happen anymore so definitely uh, do you, you ever want to write another book or was that the last one i haven't wrote a book in a gazillion years i don't think i want to that's one reason i'm just writing things and putting them on facebook that's my book do you get a lot of people telling you their experiences or contacting you about theirs yes I have a lot of abductees on my Facebook page and then I'll find out another one is an abductee that I didn't realize because they've been hanging back. But the more I've been opening up about it, the more they start opening up about it too. So they feel encouraged. And then some contact me privately and we talk about things with them. All right. <clears throat> cool. 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 And, uh, and definitely, uh, you said 2017 was your last experience? Except for last year when I did wake up and find some bruises on one of my legs. And I hadn't done anything to get bruised. And they were the common round bruises that they leave. 
Definitely. I think and, they're uh, still around. And they're still guarding me to make sure I don't get hurt. Yeah. They're probably glad I stay home most of the time. Have they told you anything about COVID? No. I got vaccinated. Yeah. But um, I just, like I said, I stay home. Yeah. It's the best way to handle this. <laughs> Everything here just closed down, you know, at one point and uh, destroyed my social life. I was eating out almost every night. I knew a lot of waiters and waitresses. I knew a lot of people. I knew cooks. I knew a lot of people in the restaurant industry. When that shut down, that was it. Yeah. Yep. It's been crazy, especially with like uh, the flu mixed and all that crap and all this other stuff. Something else with RA or something weird. I don't even know. I can't keep up with all this crap. Try not to, <laughs> unless you just Makes got it. I just go to the grocery store and I know the store real quick so I can rush in and be out in 30 minutes. Well, that actually I can be home in about 30 minutes. I just saw an article, Mel Gibson months from shooting the Passion of the Christ sequel. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what is that going to be? <laughs> Revelations. Supposed to be making some movie about Rothschild that about a Jewish banker is already pissing people off and that Shia LaBeouf, which is case sounds like he's a pain in the ass, but he's supposed to be in it too. I saw that somewhere. But uh well uh the light being situation is definitely I've I mean there's been times where I've looked into the heavens and seen them like in another dimension almost. Like it's strange how you can look out into the heavens and it's like these these little bitty stars all kind of like connecting and i think those might be spirits on some level and then you see regular stars or whatever but there's like these little clusters that are weird and it's almost like looking into a sims game you know you're looking at the little <laughs> sims talking i've seen i've had that experience a lot and i know in jeffrey mishloff's who i've interviewed his book roots of consciousness there's an astronomer that says some stars are indeed deities so stars are very interesting we've had a guy on about star healing and he taps into it for magical practices and stuff like that uh jerry sergeant i think i have to look it up yeah i think that's right we had a guy in for halloween that seemed like a werewolf called an interview of the werewolf but <laughs> but denny sergeant there's a ufo that looks like a star i was coming home and i was looking at the star and it was about dusk and i thought it was odd that it was out there Early, right and I realized it was in the, uh, I realized it was in the atmosphere, and I watched it, and it just stood there, and then it shot off across the sky, and it was gone, and then a year later, I saw the same thing with another one, in the same place. Yeah, there's something to that. I know uh, Stephanie Quick, someone we know, was put up a post about UFOs being kind of like an astral manifestation that. Uh, beings may create to travel like I think they call it a Merkaba or something weird like that or I've heard that term which is some kind of like traveling uh, situation it's funny there's a guy uh, Christo Rupolo he did a documentary called uh, Curse of the Man that Sees UFOs and he's out in California and uh, 
he's a trip. He, he used to have the dog that was in Pirates of the Caribbean, but it passed away. Uh, it was one of the dogs that was in those movies. But he uh, gets out there and films these things in California and gets amazing footage. But it's funny, he calls them weird names like Eggplant and like just mm -hmm. Mr. Toady Pants or whatever. Like he names them all, <laughs> these UFOs. Mr. Squiggy Pants. Uh, I can't remember the names, but they're silly names. Uh, and I, it's interesting. There's nothing like it when you sit out there and see that thing. It's exhilarating. And, you know, part of you misses it when it doesn't happen for a long time. You know, you want it to happen. And then you're like, where the hell are you now? <laughs> That's kind of where really? I'm at right now. Like, where did you go? That's happened to me. That happens to me, too. And I'm like, I don't feel anything. Like, I used to feel God or Great Spirit more. So, like, sometimes it's like I don't. I'm not feeling anything. I feel numb. <laughs> Heard weird story. There's reptilians blocking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, I had to go deal with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> well uh i think part of it go ahead is we're just supposed to uh raise our consciousness and if we're working on raising our consciousness then we're doing our job yeah we're like one little drop in the ocean if we raise our consciousness we've raised the whole ocean's consciousness even if it's only by a drop definitely well, it's been great having you on. We got about uh, three minutes. Uh, thanks so much. I got the alien hookup, and uh, it's been a great show. You're definitely a, a great guest to fill in for the guests that, that canceled, and hopefully he comes back Thank at some you. point. He knows a lot about Hammer Horror, those old British horror movies. I was going to milk him for that stuff, so I'm hoping he comes back. That's a hard one to talk, find people to talk about. You know, Peter Cushing and all that stuff. I love those. But uh, you, you great, though. I'm glad you were here, and we'll have to get you on again sometime. Uh, thanks so much. And what are you, give out some links, if you want, or something, so people can find you. Well, basically, they'd find me on Facebook, and they just can look me up. Uh, Byron Lacey, and on Amazon, Byron Lacey, iTunes, all those places. Almost any place that sells music, just look up my name. And on YouTube, also, once again, just look up Byron Lacey. All right, Byron, well, we appreciate it so much. It's been a great show. Thank you, and uh, I'll send you the archive and stuff when it gets up. Thanks so much. And send me the address for for this so I can post it. Yeah, I definitely will. I definitely when when Joe puts it up, I'll send it to you for sure. And I'm probably already right. sent it to YouTube of it too. It's on YouTube. It's in so many places I can't keep up. But uh, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Stay in touch and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great weekend. I'm gonna watch the pale blue eye. Get my Edgar Allan Poe Christian Bell fix with some horror. Go for it. Yeah, for sure. Based on a book that's New York Times bestseller, I'll have to check it out sometime. I like those old creepy ones where they're like Civil War weird stuff going on. Like kind of, I'm watching a lot of westerns lately. But uh, I can find or stop animation. That that Pinocchio by Guillermo del Toro. That's a good one. Oh yeah. If you got a doobie, it's good anyway. <laughs> if you got a doobie, <laughs> if you got a doobie, it's better. I'm sure. <laughs> That's a good one, with or without the doobie, but it's a stop animation where they do like a million things just to do one scene. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, but Guillermo del Toro did a Pinocchio. It's on Netflix. It's good. It's weird. I think Kate Blanchett's like some weird deity. Tilda Swinton may be in it, too. There's a lot of... I don't, can't keep up with all the people, but it's good. All right. Well, thanks, Wham. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Super JoJo. See y'all next week. Everybody have a good Bye. weekend. Good night, everybody. Bye.